0: the bloody elbow podcast network is moving that's right we're moving from soundcloud and youtube to substack it will still be available through your current itunes spotify and stitcher subscriptions but the main home of the bloody elbow podcast network will now be on substack while most of our audio content will remain free We'll be asking listeners to please get a paid subscription to support the shows, which are now ad-free. Please give us your email, and we'll send you notices and summaries of every new episode. Become a paid subscriber and get bonus segments only available to those who've pledged their support. Sign up at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com today. Bloody Elbow presents the 6th Round Post-Fight Show, which gives you a rundown and full analysis of the bouts that took place on this weekend's UFC event.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the 6th Round Post-Fight Show with me, Zane Simon, and my co-host, as always, Eddie Mercado. We're coming to you all straight from the end, the conclusion of UFC Fight Night. Holloway versus Allen, UFC Kansas City going down at the T-Mobile Center, the second-rate T-Mobile arena in Kansas City, Missouri. I'm sorry, Kansas. I look, you know what? I'm not saying that uh, Bill Algeo is right or anything. I'm just saying that, like, you know, I, I've never thought to myself, I really need to go travel and visit Kansas City.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, there's a, lot of places. there's a lot of places that, you know, no one's like clamoring to go visit or tour or yeah. anything like that. And I'm sure Kansas City's probably one of them. Yeah, unless I mean, you're listening, well, unless you're one of our patrons who's from Kansas City, in which
1: case, yeah, I, I, no, I, I, in I, which case you live in the most beautiful city on earth and I would never say a bad word about it. We love you all. <laughs> and uh, that reminds me. Uh, it's not Patre- Patreon, so don't listen to Eddie. But what do I know? I know, but we are on Substack. We will be dropping some bonus coverage here on our Substack that will be Substack exclusive. So if you're enjoying this show, go ex- go subscribe to our Substack. And you'll get bonus content, too. We'll be doing a little bonus. We'll be doing a little star rating, biting off a little Dave Meltz's style, throwing a little uh, a few extra thoughts on the match on the end of, the, of all this, which you can only get if you're a paying Substack subscriber. So if you're watching this on YouTube, jump over to our Substack. Anyway, we are here talking about this this UFC Fight Night card. Holloway versus Owens just went down with Max Holloway. Slam the old lion slamming the door on the young lion, of course, in M- MMA being the kind of sport where the old lion is what two years older than the young lion. So, uh, right,
2: yeah, I mean, you really have to. The, the age of the lion really is, is more indicative of the mileage of the lion, yeah,
1: yeah. It's a high, it's a city miles lion against a highway driving lion, and uh. City Drive and Max Holloway just slammed the door on Arnold Allen, and uh, really, one of those fights where, like, you know, the commentary booth, they're doing their thing. It's DC, and it's it's Bisping, and they, they love getting confused in the middle of fights and just being like, oh, I don't know how to score that. Was that close? I think that was close. And... You know, Alan did well. I don't want to say he just got, like, washed out or pushed out of the fight entirely or anything like that. He had close rounds in several rounds. He kept pace well. He hung in. He landed his own shots. But personally, I had trouble giving Alan any round. I thought the second was fine. That's a fine round you can argue for him. But even like the fifth was like his best, most damaging round, where he was really getting the most done in terms of the damage dealt. And like, oh, you really argue, yeah, he's not landing as many shots, but he's doing all the damage. Maybe he scores the round for him, and then he gets dropped right at the end of the round. And like at that point, you're getting outlanded. You got dropped. I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna score that round for you either. So no, you no, no that's and that's the
2: thing. Don't score the round for him. In the fifth, because he got dropped, um but you do credit him or for it late, yeah. Like that's why he got dropped because he was opening up, coming outside of himself, being as aggressive as he possibly could, and you know he paid for it. But he went for it late, so I will credit him with that. But yeah, he got he got taken to school by Max Holloway, who is you know the featherweight king outside. He's the featherweight prince
1: now. Was the king. Volkanovsky has the king title. He's so the king in I'm... exile. It's like when they stuck Napoleon on that rock and then he just like marched right back into France and took everything back again. Max Holloway is still on the rock. So, you know, Volkanovsky yeah. the little short man in this scenario though. So I don't really know how, how good that metaphor that all works out, but whatever.
2: And like that that was kind of my read on this Is is yeah. Max Holloway is just head and shoulders above the field outside of the champion and I, I wasn't anything in Allen's game that I feel like he was going to offer max that max hasn't already dealt with or seen in some way, shape or form. So yeah. outside of, of, you know, just maybe max losing step or, or Arnold coming up with just something super powerful that just clipped max out of nowhere. I just, I can see of a, a path to victory for Arnold Allen here, and I like Arnold Allen. He's a talented fighter, and he's on his way, but
1: Uh, you know, I think yeah, it was one of those things where thinking about it going in, I'm picking Max Holloway, but I was just like, maybe Allen has shades of what we saw out of Dustin Poirier, and what we saw out of Volkanovski, especially in that third fight where he can, those guys were able to really sit back, and they were able to counter Holloway enough that it really made him shy about building that momentum and pressuring and building that wave. Maybe, I mean, we've seen Allen, he's sharp on the counter. He's got heavy hands. He's got consistency. You know, even in this fight, man did not go away for a second, did not stop dupe pressing his game for a minute. But we hadn't seen him put into a situation like this where he had to fight that kind of fight at the high, the high speed that Hallway's going to set until you see it happen. How can you pick it to happen? You know? so exactly now i'm glad though that you picked holloway because i think probably for the rest of the card your picks were much better than mine i mean they couldn't have been worse so you know certainly my picks weren't great i had like
2: one super pick and yeah you you uh, got you uh,
1: got edson barboza right that was your that was your big win for the evening i i mean i couldn't believe
2: that the just the, the tidal wave of disrespect from the oddsmakers, makers, know. the betters, the the pundits, the fans, everybody was ranked right. Barbusa recency bias, maybe because of what Quarantillo is doing. Who is Quarantillo Be
1: Yeah, I know. I know. He the thing is is that like Quarantillo has that swarming pressuring crazy man style. That you know Edson Barboza hates. You know he hates to have somebody just all over him all the time. And Edson Barboza's older. He's had trouble getting wins lately. He, But this was still one of those things. I, I was saying all this to myself. I'm like, I'm picking Quarantillo. This is just its the right time to pick that. make this pick. But it's also like Quarantillo would be the worst athlete to ever make this style work on Edson Barboza if he makes it work. And that showed up in the cage. 'Cause he got in on the kind of takedowns that like, you know, guys like Kevin Lee and guys like uh Khabib. Khabib and uh those kind of dudes, you know, were getting Bryce Mitchell were getting in on and he couldn't he had no success at all completing those. And yeah. it's just a, it's just you know, there's a technique difference in there, but there's a strength difference in there too. Quarantillo just not strong enough to take Edson Barbosa down,
2: and uh an experience different fighting a very, very top, I mean, yeah, Barb fought everybody, and I mean i was um I was rewatching cortillo and Shane Burgos's fight, you know, Shane Burgos just fought last night, and I just remember Shane was just chewing up Billy's leg. And I was like, damn, if, if Shane Burgos, and Shane's great, but he's primarily a boxer. If Shane Burgos is chewing up your leg, I mean, you're in deep shit yeah. against Edson Barbosa. And Barbosa the a couple, but they were they were significant and they were meaningful. And then I was like, man, Quarantino's going to come out and he's going to pressure and he's going to force his takedowns. And I was like, man. And then I thought about when Benil Dariush tried to force a takedown on Barbosa and caught, caught that flying knee, and I was like, "Ah, oh, okay." I didn't I didn't expect the uh, the knee. The, I I didn't think Barbosa was going to get a, a knockout by it. I thought he'd chew the leg up all night and get a decision. But sure. when when the knee landed, I was like, "Ah, oh, th- I knew it was there. Like it was there for me to see, but I couldn't quite make the read. But it was there. The writings on the wall were there. And Barbosa's an OG man. Give give him yeah. some respect." Put some respect
1: on it. We we disrespected the man. We all paid the price. Right, except for me. I mean, I didn't actually pay a price. I'm not betting on anything. So I just get the I, you oh, know, man. I just get the tag of being wrong. I can I can handle that. <laughs> uh it's funny. One of uh one of our bloody
2: elbow faithfuls, Matt Barry, he uh, he tweeted me at a parlay going with uh um uh, Mirzakanoff Barboza and then finishing that with Arlen Allen. He posted a little screenshot and tagged me, and I was like Cash out. <laughs> Cash yeah. out. You cannot bet against Max Holloway. Cash out,
1: dude. Yeah. Man. I mean, if I got nothing else right this card, I'm happy I got that. Speaking of which, though, uh, that, you know, Azamat Marzakanov, Dustin Jacoby, man, Marzakanov, he's looking like the real deal, especially to knowing after the fight he's talking about, hey, I broke my arm, you know, at the end of the second round. And, like, if that explains his fall off in the third round, that's not so bad, you know? Maybe it, you know, you could argue it's a tiredness thing, but if you break your arm in there, like, that's rough going. Yeah, for sure. Especially for, for sure. a dude who's a very one-handed fighter. Like, where's the count He lives on that left hand.
2: It, it makes sense because I think it was at the start of the third, if you go back and watch the beginning where Zakhnov comes out and he's only throwing the lead right hook, I guess. yeah, and it would still being effective. But yep. um, honestly, if he hadn't gotten that knockdown at the end of the second and that little flurry, he probably would have lost that round.
1: He might have. It lost was
2: third, and he might have lost the fight.
1: He he got he landed a lot of big shots that the booth forgot about early in round two. I don't want to necessarily say that Jacoby just would have had that round, but Jacoby was fi- he. He was finding his rhythm. You know, I thought that... uh, I thought that Jacoby... I really thought he could take this. I thought he's never been knocked out, or he's rarely been knocked out. It's been, like, Alex Pereira and then a King Mo ground-and-pound KO in his whole career. And, you know, I figured if if Murza Konov can't knock him out, then uh, we need to... You know, I, I got to pick Jacoby. I got to pick him to, to lead with the volume, land his strikes, all that. It didn't didn't matter. Kanoff just hits too hard. And that's pretty clear yeah. now. And, and he knows uh, it,
2: right? Like, yeah. he knows how hard he hits. Like, so, you know, at the end of that uh, second round, he hurts Jacoby, drops him, and then throws, like, five or maybe six just overhand lefts in a row, spamming him. And we, what are you going to do to that? Like, you can't yeah. just block it. Right, you can't
1: absorb that kind of power. It's he's man, I'm glad he's here. Glad of yeah. Fighting. Dude's the real deal. He's saying now, like, oh, I'm the you know, the 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 best Russian in the light heavyweight division. Let me show you what a real Russian fighter is all that you know what I want to say? I'm just saying. Maybe match him up with uh Nikita Krylov. You know? He's he's Ukrainian, isn't he? Krylov, he he claims he's a defector. He's an he's an ethnic Russian. He lives in Russia now. Uh, okay,
2: okay. Well, good for him, I guess. Um, sure. If for you, I mean, I was uh, I was thinking right. I went right to Ankolyev.
1: Yeah, you. Oh, you're thinking Ankolyev, right in the top 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 contender spot, huh? Off this win yeah, over I Dustin Jacob.
2: I mean, no, but. Uh, he that's what what he wants, right? He's in he he the wants. top ten, and yeah. if he's if he wants to play that, you know, best Russian card, I mean,
1: why not? Yeah, <laughs> sure. it, it, it. You know, I mean, I I would say like I I think you do the midpoint. I think you 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 do the middle against Nikita Krylov. Nobody's still, you know, beating beating Dustin Jacoby in the middle of a fight night doesn't make Osmat Mirkanov suddenly a known factor to random UFC fans you put him in contenders you put him in a fight with with uh you know oh, uh oh, man. is Johnny Walker booked is Johnny Walker booked uh what do we got here looking at light heavyweight Johnny that Walker. would be <laughs> he's booked <laughs> against a... Anthony Smith oh, damn Anthony dude. Smith that would be, be perfect yeah, yeah. You That would be perfect. <laughs> I think Nikita Krylov, you put him in there with Magomed Kalayev, you're just going to have a fight between two very good fighters that nobody cares about, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, I don't care who he fights, man. Throw him in there with Paul
1: Craig. Like, I don't care. Anybody. Yeah. So, he, this was a great fight. Really, really good to see. Hope he wins. And, uh, or hope he we get something big out of it. And, uh, yeah, that brings us to a light heavyweight bout. Iwan Kudalaba Tanner Bozer. And, um, man, Bozer, like, I really thought that, uh, Bozer could do okay in this bout. Kudalaba, he's got a he's got a nasty habit of burning through his own gas tank, of running himself into hard losses. But at the same time, man, that that dropped to, from heavyweight to light heavyweight, it is not friendly. It is heavyweight is a whole different thing. Dudes are fighting at half the speed they are at light heavyweight, and I think that's... I mean that point
2: is what makes. Um... Jared Kenanier's career so impressive because he started yep. at heavyweight and he worked down to middleweight, and that's insane to be keep up with the speed of the fight as he moved down. Not easy to do. Um, Bozer looked great physique wise, looked like a completely different person, looked like Tanner Bozer's brother or something.
0: So, yeah, <laughs> I mean,
2: I thought I thought that was good to see. Probably a move that should have been made a long time ago. But I mean, he came in at two oh
1: three. The dude, if he can cut weight like that, the only thing keeping him at heavyweight was snacks. You know,
2: oh for sure, hundred percent. Um, but his that heavyweight chin was was not. Uh, well, he's never been known for having the greatest chin, but
1: it I definitely mean, wasn't there. Good. At he's he's all he's all, he's never been an easy fighter to put away. You know, he got. TKO, well, let's see. When's the last time Bozer got knocked out? This is, he got knocked out by Tim Haig in 2015. That is the last time Tanner Bozer got knocked out. So yeah,
2: I, I was not expecting this at all. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of, uh, I guess, prepping myself for Ewan's BKFC debut.
0: That's, yeah. I feel like yeah. it is
2: inevitable. So I'll just have to shelf that dream for a little bit
1: that's right and it, and and it continues to be a thing like if you if you were winning at heavyweight if heavyweight was treating you okay you weren't just losing all the time just stay at heavyweight you know like if you're tough enough to be at heavyweight mm. poser was tough no, enough no, he no, wasn't getting no, knocked out no,
2: no 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 zane you got that wrong my friend you, you couldn't be more wrong no like you lost to Arlovsky. you lost to latifi Right. You lost to Mento. Uh The only win is over a guy who's a light heavyweight in OSP.
1: You know, what I, mean? Like, I mean, sure, but now yeah. you're getting iced by Iwan Kudalaba. You know, that's not better. That's not better than right, losing a decision a, to Andre Arlovsky.
2: This, this is not a weight cutting issue, my friend. That's no, not it's not. It's like a light
1: heavyweight is worse. A Light heavyweight is, is, is a tougher division to be in if you're a big, slow guy. You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, he's, it's not a good look, man. All around. Yeah. I don't see any positives
1: here outside of just his physique. No. So, this is a tough loss for Bozer. For Kudalaba, it just keeps him treading water. I don't know, throw him in there with Alonzo Menafield or something like that next time. You know? Keep him right there.
2: He's such a freak show. I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. That brings us to a Bantamweight bout. Pedro Munoz, Chris Gutierrez. And, uh, this was, this was a really, uh, it was, it started out as a great fight. Uh, over time, I think this was the one where the crowd was booing. Right. And, uh, the the booth got all mad at the crowd for booing. I, I'm not saying I agree with the crowd. It wasn't a bad fight, but this was one of those fights that just, it was a simmer, and that's it. You know, like, they Pedro Munoz, he hit that big lunging left hand that dropped Gutierrez in round one. That put enough scare into Gutierrez that he didn't want to sit down on anything big for the rest of the fight, and so they just kind of popped and pot shot at each other for the next two rounds. And it's like that's okay, but at that point, no. if you, it was full you, chess.
2: They went they went full chess. You never go full yeah, chess. Exactly. Like, the, the what do what are they used to say? The analysis or paralysis analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, There's just so many faints and inputs and. You know, like you said, Gutierrez got stung early in the first round, so he was extra shy. And so those feints, you know, he was reacting to them and extra cautious. And Moonhose, bless his heart. He brings the forward pressure and he throws his volume out there, He doesn't land all the time. He's not the most accurate striker. Um, but I, I thought it was I thought there was just enough tension between the two to keep me engaged. Yeah. Even though even though the second and third just kind of I mean, it, it's, I think at one point I was kind of in the third, I was just judging on aggression, right? Yeah, it's there was one so of those things missing where missing and stickiness going on. You have well, to it's also one of those it.
1: things, too, for where you're watching and you're like, if you're watching, if you're Gutierrez's camp, you know he's not winning this fight. If you're his corner, you know, like, you got dropped. You're not sitting down on anything big. Munoz is the one landing the harder shots, even if you guys are going even one for one the whole rest of the way. And Gutierrez just never turned it up after that. Like he never, he never got the message. He, you know, I don't know how aggressive his corner was with him or whatever, but he could never get the message. Like no, he didn't get the Arnold Allen round five message where Arnold Allen has been losing this fight for for four rounds, and his corner's like, yeah, go to war. You know, go round Dan Hooker, round five, and just go out there and try to blitz this dude. And that never that never happened for Gutierrez. So he's gonna be kicking himself after this. Because it's not like after that first round, Gutierrez survived. It's not like Munoz went out and blew him out of the water. He didn't just he didn't run Gutierrez over after that. He just No, he just he just kept him on edge with the pressure. Yep. Yep, just kept him on edge. So I can understand why the crowd is booing. I'm not saying it was a terrible fight, but it is the kind of fight where it's just like, you get that one taste at the beginning, like, oh, this is awesome. They're going after it. Munoz has landed huge. Here's Gutierrez coming out with these hard kicks. And then after that's like, ah, okay, nobody's going to
2: Oh, yeah. The casuals tuned out after the first. Only the yeah. nerds are in, in it for the second and
1: third. Yeah, Like I said, I, I liked it. Like, I didn't hate it. Sure, sure. That, that does put Munoz right back in the top 10, though. And, uh... And There's that a was fight. Another
2: thing, I think Gutierrez was getting gassed up because of that Frankie Edgar win.
1: Yeah, that,
2: that is. I was surprised he even got that fight and he made the most of that moment, right? He, did. he knockout, did. But that that wasn't enough to be like, oh, he, he is going to come out and just do the same thing or anything similar to Pedro. No. I thought
1: I thought he might win this because Munoz lately, and he was better about this this fight than he's been lately uh Munoz lately has been he's been a little more cautious a little more back foot he hasn't been like aggressive pressure fighter you think of that Sean O'Malley fight you know you even think of the Frankie Edgar fight Pedro Munoz couldn't win that Frankie Edgar fight and he didn't get it that much further before Gutierrez did you know it's the Munoz is the last he's the last win on Frankie Edgar's record you know yeah, I did think about that going in, but
2: I was like, "But who is who is Gutierrez has ever beat anyone at the top in their?"
1: I know, I know. And so, you know, I was thinking Munoz, if he's on the back foot, if he's if he's trying to go out there and have just a pure kickboxing match with Gutierrez, he might lose that fight. But he came out and he came out aggressive. He came out did the right thing, which is just, you know. To not back he dropped Gutierrez in the first round of their fight just by pressuring him and going after him with his hands. So, Munoz did the same, and that paid off big for him. I think there's a there's a fight coming up between Song Yadong and uh, Ricky Simone. Pedro Munoz against the winner. Scrappy, Smokes. yeah. Love Munoz is good for that man. Yeah, yeah he
2: makes it scrappy. Definitely. You think he'll ever run it back with O'Malley? Uh,
1: No, I don't think O'Malley will ever care about Pedro Munoz again. I think Munoz, he goes out there, he fights everybody. He'll take any fight. He loves to go to war with anyone. He's never going to win enough to be back in the top, like top, top contender circle. And if he's not there, O'Malley is just not going to care ever again. You know? <laughs> so man. like Cheeto Vera can barely like O'Malley doesn't want, even want that fight back and he lost that one.
2: Well, do you blame him? Yeah,
1: yeah, a little. <laughs> I blame him a little. All right, all right. That gets us to a lightweight bout, Rafa Garcia Clay Guida. This was the fight that like I was screaming at um oh man, uh forgetting Scott Holtzman for not having last time out. Mm. Whereas like right. Rita's just stepping in with all this light fisted volume, just kind of throwing stuff out there. And Holtzman's just watching it and watching him do it. And it's like, what are you doing? Just he's right there in front of you. Just punch the man and Rafa Garcia is seeing that. And he's going out and he's just like, okay, here's a one, two, here's an uppercut. Here's, you you want to throw a little jab out here? Here's a much harder jab. And this was a pretty easy fight for Rafa Garcia on that note.
2: As it should have been. I feel like he did exactly what he was supposed to do and he did what Mm -hmm. everybody should do against Clay Guia at this stage of his career. Like The fact that Clay is even still around boggles my mind. I don't know how it's
1: possible. I don't know how he's been getting the wins he's been getting. He faked everybody out with the retirement. He he took the gloves off. He got the mic. DC's all like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: Bro, I already had the fucking uh, drafting up the article, Garcia retires Guida, and he's like, psych, and I'm like, you because you know how long it takes to draft up these new posts on WordPress?
1: I'm it like, takes forever. Oh, it man. really, oh, it was, and <laughs> what, I mean, I get it. It's his, it's his career. I'm not going to ever be the guy who tells the guy, hey, you got to retire, you got to you gotta, you gotta hang him up. You know, I don't know what Guido, he's got a fishing business. You you never know what else people got going on in their lives. If he's not fighting, you don't know what somebody's going to be doing. And I, I heard, you know, I, so like to me it's also like you're not, but why, like, why are you not retired? Like, what do you, I know you love it, but, you know, this is. I
2: got is... no place else to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best I know.
1: things. I don't I, you know what, Clay Guida, he can do his own thing, but that that was extremely lame. You know, just like especially too, like, Rafa Garcia is having his moment here, and you're just gonna like steal a little of his thunder for for a little prank. You know, I did yeah. like though that DC like cut him off the moment he realized he wasn't gonna retire, and he's still like, "Okay, I'm walking away." Yeah,
2: but credit to uh, Clay Guida for shout out. Happy birthday to his mother. So
1: sure, if sure. It sure. took a
2: little time to get that shout out. You know, you got to make moms happy. Mother's Mother's Day is you know a month away.
1: Yeah. All right, that brings us to a featherweight bout: Bill Algio, TJ Brown credit to brown and uh because he went out there and he just took it to, to bill Algio. you know brown's mm-hmm. been in the past he's been a little bit of a sl- slow starter or a guy who can get tagged up a bit in the beginning of fights and algeo is usually the dude who who just goes out and puts it on people from the jump so i expected Algio to start really strong and brown just went out there and went ham on it absolutely taking it to him every chance he got. And if Bill Algeo was not, he if he was just a little less tough, if he was just a little bit stupid tough in the way that he is in particular, he probably would have lost that fight. But man can take an ass beating and still come back. And that knockout, like it wasn't even like he turned the tide or anything. Brown's still going after him, hammering thongs, and he just walked right into that left hook and that was it wrapped and up that, his neck that's the thing about Algio is he's um
2: he has those those diaz punches where mm-hmm. i mean they don't they don't look like they hurt they almost look like arm punches but the timing and the just the, the location of the strikes it, it just it catches people when they're not expecting it and it, it hurts them and it rocks them and Damn, dude, the sleaze here. I, I honestly thought Brown was just gonna pass out. I didn't even think he was gonna tap. Like he thought about it, I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm, I'm gonna tap. But man, I think Algio, he was right there on the brink of defeat and was like, yeah, eh, yeah I think yeah. I'll win. His nose was all busted up. Uh, credit to him for digging deep and having the balls to call out uh, Kansas City
1: for being a dump. That's right. He he made no friends at the and. Had the night's other fake retirement speech, where hey. he started out everything with like, you know, my life's really good. I'm in a really good place. I love my wife. I've got a beautiful kid. And he'll have to drag my corp. I actually kind of like that. Like it, that was cute. He won, so he already had the mic. He wasn't wasting anybody's time out there. But right,
2: right,
1: you know. sure. Then, then he, then he you just know, got on dump, a dump.
2: You dump on you dump on the city you're fighting in. I'm. I'm here for it. <laughs> you want to go? You want to turn heel as you're fighting in the city and not be able to go to your own after party?
1: Sure, sure. By why not?
2: Means, it's fun for me sitting at
1: home. That's true. Now there's one fight though. After that, I have to see Bill Algio, Daniel Pineda.
2: Talk about a barn burner, <laughs> right? Man, Just two. That's hard nosed. Yeah, it screams a war with like a late third round submission of some sort
1: and just two dudes getting cracked all the way Someone's, through. Yeah,
2: That's, huge that huge. It reeks of a club and sub.
1: Yeah, yeah, I gotta see that fight. Which, Especially this right was now, hmm? this is a club and sub. Just yeah, it record. was. We get the club and sub for here, we got to set up future club and subs. Everybody loves a club and sub. And yeah, Pineda's coming off a win right now. Algio's coming off a win right now. Make this fight. You got a fun, weird, weird, weirdly aggressive dude fight in the the featherweight division. Give me that fight. All right. That's brilliant. Shock of the night. Shock of the night. Brandon Royville, Matthews Nicolau. I'm not saying That's that Roy the night. I'm not saying that Royval couldn't have won this fight. But if somebody was gonna get a gonna get a counter KO, I would not have at any point guessed it would be Brandon Royval. Like no. Royval is the swarming pressure fighter. Nicolau is the bread and the bone counterfighter. For Royval to get the like counter step knee KO, that to me was a shock.
2: Yeah, I mean, showing off some venom. I I think he probably shocked himself, honestly. Yeah, like it was kind of you know just best case scenario, the planets aligned just perfectly that he kind of dipped into it. He threw it, and they got, you see they tweeted out a still shot of Nicolau getting just blasted with, and like his eyes are crossed.
1: Aww. Oh, man. he got pulverized, so- man he really did that is going on the highlight reel forever rough for nicolao cuz you know he he hadn't lost since he got cut from the ufc the first time back in uh what was that that was in 2018, 2018. and that had been so that was a knockout loss and that was his first loss since 2012 tko to pedro nobre so we're talking like every six years, Matthews Nicolau just gets slept devastatingly. Hopefully the UFC doesn't cut him again this time because they had no business cutting him off one loss to Dustin Ortiz in 2018. And uh, Yeah,
2: I wonder what that was about.
1: It, it was the point where every time a flyweight lost, they cut him because they were trying to slowly uh... get rid of the division. Okay. And then somewhere when they got down to like five – Somebody was just like, "Hold up, this is a terrible idea," and then they just signed like another, you know, thirty-five odd flyweights, and now we've got like forty of them. Yeah, no one saw this knee coming, that oh, no,
2: especially Mateus.
1: <laughs> no. no way, no how. That's why I'm saying it's a shock of the night. Uh, otherwise, worth noting: fight of the night did go to Algio versus Brown. Which it had yeah. to, and uh, Brandon Royval, yeah, uh, Brandon Royval, and Edson Barboza, and Jillian Robertson, who we'll talk about in a minute here, got performance of the nights. Those are all well deserved. I'm glad to see the UFC handing out extra bonuses, even if it's just one. All right, that brings us to a light heavyweight bout: Zach Cummings, Ed Herman, and for a fight that really seemed like it had no reason to be booked two guys that we, you looked at it and you're like, weren't they both already retired? Like, why did we drag these guys back off their couches to have this fight? This was a ton of fun. And it was really nice at the end. Cause you know, I mean, I, Ed Herman, you don't want to see the old guy get slept, but both men retiring Zach Cummings getting to retire off a huge win in front of a hometown crowd that was cheering for him the whole way. And Fred Herman, a dude who's put that much into MMA, given that much of himself, to go out on a war with the crowd screaming for you, even if it's not a win, like that's about the second best way to, to go out, you know? So dude,
2: I was crying my fucking eyes out, dude. I was so touched by the moment. I'm not even going to lie. I was so happy for both of them. Like they poured everything. Well, for one, they dedicated their lives to their art and I always respect that and for them to lay all out there, you know, such a crazy war. I mean, we got knockdowns, toughness, heart, you know, we got a little rally from Herman. It was just a, just a beautiful moment. And you know it's touching see such a raw moment for these human beings like we get to be voyeurs and just watch in on this you know someone who dedicates their whole life and this the ending moment we all just get to show up and look at it and it's kind of weird for us but you know it's awesome that they open their lives to us in that kind of way you know yeah like yeah it just it tore through me when you know zach's out there and you know he's kind of talking about his family and everything and then you know, he said he never made it to a title and just kind of started breaking down crying. I'm just like, oh, that's got to sting. You know what I mean? Like, you put so much into it and there's just tears to it and levels to it and you never just quite make it there. Like, That's got to rip at you. But, you know,
1: going out on a win,
2: very rare.
1: And at very home, rare. you know? And at home. And yeah, it was just, it was a cool moment. Really cool moment. Oh, that does remind me now... Of the fact that Rafa Garcia, he he could barely get through his post-fight speech because he was so overwhelmed at the idea that Clay Guido was about to retire, and like I know. He, he was just so like, oh, 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 you can't believe it, you know, like all that. And that. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking oh, Clay
2: man. Guido, man. Yeah.
1: That's... All right, all right.
2: That was like that's the equivalent to like. That's the lay and pray of pranks right there. That
1: clay That's, that's did. the Rick roll. That's the Rick roll of post of, of Octagon speeches. All right. Yeah. Uh, we got a woman strawweight bowed now. Jillian Robertson, Piero Rodriguez. And this was, this is one of those like level tests for Rodriguez. You know, Robertson, she's been around now for a while. She's fought a bunch of people. She's what, She's won a lot of fights, lost a lot of fights. She's got a good takedown game. She's got a great submission game. This is, a, you know, you fight her. That's the question. It's like, can you stay on your feet? If you can stay on your feet, Jillian Robertson is very beatiful, beatable. If you can't, Pierre Rodriguez couldn't. And she gets handed a harsh, harsh loss. Real rough wake up. Because a lot of that too was, I mean, part of it was Jillian Robertson hitting that single leg in the first round and then realizing that Pierre Rodriguez had no idea how to defend a single leg at
2: I mean, all the beauty of that single leg is it was it was from a guard pull wrestle yeah. to a single leg complete convert get on top and dominate so yeah. anytime i see any kind of jiu jitsu person pulling a guard wrestling up right away i get i get flashbacks of dan mieya and i am i am here for it it's such but, like the man. the it's such the calm, like, yeah,
1: here, come lay on top of me. Psych, sweep. That was nice. But it did also, you know, it, it told Jillian Robertson Rodriguez did not defend a single leg because then she started round two and she just grabbed it immediately and took her right down. And so part of it was that. And then Pierre Rodriguez, the grappling, it's just not there. Really a lot of bad decisions made. On the man, Tons so of decisions
2: and, and just phenomenal. Um, Robertson's grappling is, is her bread and butter, it's her MO. Um, and her moving down the straw to do that is just gonna serve her real well,
0: yeah. And that arm, she looks so strong.
2: smooth that, 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 was, a
1: yeah.
2: that was a great I arm was,
1: bar, yeah. That was a great arm bar. Rodriguez Herbal definitely tapped. tapped, yeah. She tapped for real, though. She actually. She reached out. She tapped once. I don't know if she screamed after that. I didn't actually hear the verbal tap. I'm not
2: big on. I don't, I'm not big on single taps. I know. I I'm know. not. But like, you know, I'm. I'm big on the referees making a discretion goal. Sure. Terror. Sure. I'm not going to let you break your arm in front of me. You're not intelligent You're yeah. defending. I'm stopping the fight. I totally respect that and I agree with that stoppage. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't like the protest. I thought that was kind of a, in bad taste
1: yeah you, she was stuck and her her complaining about it you know there's no reason like you lost you got beat right. we don't want to see you get your arm ripped off I know it's humbling and fighters you know humble being hu- humble is like against the very nature of being a fighter but uh you know you're gonna have to take that one on and move on yeah all right Good for Jillian yeah, afterwards she said she's like, wants top competition. I don't know. I mean, she's not probably, she's probably at the best that she's, she's gonna be in her career. You know, she's been in this game now for, she's only 27, but she's been here for seven years now. She should be hitting her peak. And, throw her up in there somewhere. Maybe maybe uh, Luana or not uh yeah, was it Luana Pinero who won against I don't I don't want to see her in any other fight
2: against anybody other than Mackenzie Dern.
1: Oh, that's
2: not going to happen anytime soon. That's what I want to see. Until then I I don't really hear. Until uh, then I got I got Jillian Robertson by submission.
1: Jillian Robertson, you hear you heard it your first Eddie Mercado will never care about another fight in your entire career. (laughs) That's not what I said. I said I'm not her by submission.
2: I'm (laughs) kicking her by submission against everybody except for Dern.
1: You said you you didn't care. Except for Dern. Dern Um, Let
2: me correct myself.
1: (laughs) All right. That brings us to a lightweight bout. Daniel Zellhuber, Lando Venata, and um, man, like... Nobody fights up and down to the level of their competition the way Lando Venata does. Literally, you put him in there against Tony Ferguson, he will go to war with Tony Ferguson. You put him in there against Daniel Zellhuber, he will go to war with Danny Zellhuber. Yeah, There's he, just... Alex,
2: he's he's Alex Caceres. Right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, and the biggest like thing is...
2: mirrors. They're mirrors it's, of their opponents.
1: Yeah. The biggest thing is for Venata, always been the dude just, he stops and takes pictures in front of people. He starts outside, he jumps into the pocket, he throws something slick, and then he watches it for a second to see what's going to happen. And what happens, like nine times out of ten, is he gets hit really hard, really clean. And he just did that a couple times against Zell Huber, and Zell Huber dropped him. Just started tagging him up. And it's always going to be a problem for Venata. There's all this slickness and fluidity. And, like, you see all the moves. You see it all in isolation. You're like, wow, that's really cool. Then you see it in the fight. You're like, that was really cool for a second until you got hit harder than I've seen anybody ever get hit before. Like, how did you walk so firmly into that shot? So, and this is a rough loss because, you know, I mean... Like, you just lost to a dude who got beat by Trey Ogden. A yeah, dude who was barely clinging to a ros- roster spot. But, like, this, not just lost to Trey Ogden, lost a stand up battle to Trey yeah. Ogden. <laughs> like, And Zell Hooper looked great. He looked way better out there this fight. It, uh, you know, he actually put his strikes together, he let his hands go. He did the exact thing he should have done against he Ogden. Swung. He, he swung. He swung. <laughs> yeah, but nonetheless, like, you're, you know, Venata's now on back-to-back losses. He has no wins. His only win against somebody still in the UFC is his 2016 win over John McDessie. Mm. You know? Wow.
2: I mean, that was a fantastic
1: It It was a great win, but like some point, you know, Venata, the, the style is going to not be enough. I, I wouldn't be surprised if his UFC road ends before long here. Because, like, what do you match him up with off this? I honestly think they should run back the McDessie fight.
2: I think you're right about that. Kind of like loser
1: Town match, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. McDessie's been fighting a lot better than Venata lately. So it's kind of a step back for McDessie, but it's a chance to get back a win that, you know, he, he uh, one of the worst losses of his career.
2: They're been coming off of losses. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually I'm not
2: saying. a terrible idea. But I mean, if not, then got to be some other prospect that's had maybe one UFC fight or contender series, you know, debut. Something along those lines, and yeah, like like, a a UFC gatekeeper.
1: That's that's low, low. That's a low place for Land of Nada to be, man. All right, let's let's talk about now one straw away about Denise Gomes, Bruna Brazil. This was a huge, this was a great fight for Gomes. She has always pressured a ton in the past, she does not throw a ton. In the past, you watch a lot of her old fights, even her wins, would be her just walking in on people over and over and over again and getting cracked with shots and wearing them down over time to the point that she could put them away. But she just let it all go against Brazil out there and just kind of ran her over. Love to see it. Yeah. Someone willing
2: to just throw their hands with, you know, with enthusiasm and confidence and. Brazil just didn't seem prepared for the horsepower coming at her.
1: You no, know? Brazil did having, not.
2: Yeah, she was just having really bad reactions to
1: the to mm-hmm. the the haymakers, and yeah, I thought coming in like neither of these women were really ready for the UFC, but Gomes in this or Gomes in this fight looked ready, and Brazil she looked like she was not ready. She looked like she needed a few more regional fights, a few more softer steps to you know really get her game together
2: and that's what this reminded me of was a regional fight where one fighter is just more aggressive like they are they are just more furious and you know it's it i don't think for a second that gomes is a better technician no but she's just a better athlete and more more of a, a true fighter a pure fighter yep
1: just ready to be on the front foot, ready to be durable, ready to take shots, and ready to step in and land with power. Worked out for her. Makes me a lot more interested to see what ha- what she can do next. That takes us to a bantamweight bout. Gaston, Bo- Gaston Bojan- Bolaños against Aaron Phillips. And um, this is more competitive than I thought it would be, Honestly. You know, yeah, I don't know how Phillips came up
2: with those positions. Like it, it would seem like miracles. Like he would he would get this take down and land in full mount, and then bullshit yeah. on the back with body angle, and you're like, What? Because you're getting tuned up on the on the feet, it looks like you don't even belong there. Yeah. But the second you hit the mat, it's like, Holy shit, okay. You are obviously skilled and you were in dominant positions where you could have ended the fight. Didn't happen, but you were at least getting there and you made it close. It was a respectable
1: showing. Yeah. A lot better than Phillips has done in most of his UFC bouts Uh, for Bolaños. It's a bit, you know, if you're his corner, you want this to be a little bit of a wake up call. Be like, this is a fight you were supposed to walk through. This was your soft intro to the UFC. This dude has that you're facing has never won off the low on anything, but the lowest regional level. You know, he, all of his steps up have been losses before, and Bellagio's passed that part of the test. He won the fight, but if you're his corner, you're gonna be coming out of this being like, you got to step it up. You got to be, you got to have more attention to your to your counter grappling and wrestling because other people can do that. What that guy did,
2: yeah, and finish from those positions, yeah. yeah. So good, big wake up call. But man, what a career that guy's having, though.
1: Man, he's yeah. doing the, the, the whole tour circuit. That's so. right. He's got to he's got to walk out of the. He's gonna get injured. He's got to get injured and have five fights canceled, get released, and then go to the PFL. That's got to be the next move for Gaston Bolanos. It's gotta. This it's is his last stop, or
2: may I don't know. Maybe he can get over into one somehow. There we In go. A trade.
1: I don't know.
2: <laughs> Let's get Rod Tang out here. That's right,
1: Rod Tang. Bring bring. You can have all the gas. You can have four Gaston Bolañoses for one Rod Tang, please.
0: All right, it's fun.
1: That brings us to our final fight of the card, catchweight bout: Jocelyn Edwards, Lucy Pudelova. I, I mean. I don't, I don't care first, about... First, First,
2: damn this fight.
1: Yes. We'll start the this. Damn this first, fight. Go ahead. This fight <laughs> sucked, and I don't care about it, but also, that was really terrible judging. That That's a robbery. Lucy Pudalova won the fight. Do me a
2: favor, bring stats if you have them for that first I, round. I because have the stats. Did did Pudalova land a strike at all? I don't remember her doing anything other than control.
1: She landed I, eight strikes to Edwards seventeen in the first round.
2: Yeah. So with if someone three gave minutes Edwards,
1: of control.
2: If someone gave Edwards that first round, I'm okay with that. And if someone gave Edwards the third, I'm okay with that too. So I can't call this robbery, even if the broadcast. Yeah. Nah, dude. You hold someone down for three minutes and do nothing, and they get up and tune you up for five seconds. I'm gonna give them the round. They're doing damage. They were close finishing the fight.
1: I'm They're pretty sure Pudelova landed a few solid shots from guard, but more to me, the bigger thing is that when she was on the ground, she did actually like advance positions and get to good grappling positions on Edwards. I, I scored the first round for Pudelova because yeah. of that. I, I thought she. I think that should be scored. I think that that kind of thing, when you have a round like this where it's not like Edwards did a ton of damage to Pudelova either. You don't really have a damage bias to score from I think you know I don't like to see people just holding somebody down the ground but if you're advancing position you're getting to side control you're getting to mount you're getting to ha- from guard to half guard whatever that to me is good aggressive offensive grappling and it should score so sure but a robbery uh, i come on I, I i i'm i think it was at least. I'm shocked. I'm, I think it was a, a really... I, I'm i surprised that two out of three judges were willing to give that fight to Edwards. Now, I picked again, Edwards I, to win it, so <laughs> I'll take every uh, win I, I can think, get off a card like this.
2: I picked over to win, and I scored the fight for her, but
1: I'm just not interested in the robbery conversation here. Sure. Okay. Okay. Fine. fine, fine. All right. Let's jump back up to the top Real quick, we got we just a little bit more time here. Max Holloway, Arnold Allen. So the question now is, of course, Holloway slams the door on Arnold Allen. So what does Max Holloway do next? <laughs> just... uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm, I... Yeah, I mean, let's, let's look at featherweight rankings. Yeah, Max Holloway. Yeah, right, ranked under him is Brian Ortega. Artie, then Arnold Allen. Does. Yeah. He's then Josh the shield. Yeah. Then Josh Emmett. Then Chan Sung Jung is still ranked sixth. Then Calvin Cater. Then Giga Chikadze, all of whom are coming off losses. Everybody, everybody, actually everybody below Arnold Allen, down to Ilya Topuria, uh, who is coming off a win and booked against Josh Emmett? Everybody ranked below him in in the top ten is coming off a loss right now, pretty much.
2: Not only that, but he's also beat them all. So yeah, and he's Emmett, beat them all. You got to do the winner of Emmett Topuria, I guess.
1: Yeah, especially if it's Topuria. Yeah. It's either that or you go try your luck back at lightweight again. He said he's interested. Or you hope and pray that Yair Rodriguez beats Alexander Volkanovsky. But if if Yair does that, they're just going to give Volkanovsky a rematch. Like, you got to give Volk a rematch if Yair beats him. He's, Mm -hmm. you know, he has been an amazing champion in that division. You got to give the man a rematch. So Uh, I don't really... Yeah. If he goes up to... It's no man's land.
2: Yeah. You need to make a... um... Yeah, what's up with the intercontinental title?
1: There we go. Yeah, we need a, we need a, we need an intercontinental belt here in the UFC. If we go back up to lightweights, the only like, let's see the the big thing that well, I mean I, I've heard you know the UFC saying that if Oliveira and Dariush, the winner of that gets Makachev next.
2: Did something happen to that fight? Our fight? Through uh, yeah, Oliveira got
1: injured and it's been pushed back a few weeks. But they don't want the Makachev fight until Abu Dhabi in October. So that fight could get pushed back to June or July. And it would still be the winner that could still be lined up to fight Makachev in October. Which is too bad because Charles Oliveira and Max Holloway is a fight that I, I would not at all mind seeing. If Max Holloway were to jump back up to lightweight. When
2: is Aldo versus Henry Cejudo?
1: Aljo versus Cejudo is going down at UFC 288 on May 6th. So, next and month. I would think... love to
2: see Cejudo in Holloway. But I know uh-huh. Murab is right there, deserving of a title shot, too. I already told yep. him, I thought I think Cejudo is going to beat Aljo. Yeah. But I yeah, would love okay. to see maybe... Actually, honestly, the winner or the loser of that, I could see him fighting, welcoming uh, Aljo up to forty-five.
1: Uh, he, Sterling has kept talking about doing it at some point. It could be a that fight. Be it, cool. But yeah, yeah, you gotta start thinking laterally with Holloway at this point because
2: yeah, and it, it, we're just gonna have to see how how you know how lightweight, featherweight, and bantamweight kind of weight play out and and yeah. see what. Who's moving up? Who's moving down? Does Max want to move up? Does Max want to move down? Um, it's he's got he's got problems getting booked here, but it's it's a it could be a fun a fun kind of problem to solve if mm-hmm. the UFC plays it right. So
1: also has to be said, just a little bit that maybe the UFC made a mistake booking this Arnold Allen fight. You know, Allen was he, he was a, yeah. he was a fresh contender for the belt. And on the rise, and you put a fresh contender in against Max Holloway, you lose a fresh contender. That ain't nothing
2: new, and we've seen it doesn't sure. matter because they could still turn around and fight for the title, too. It's and that's kind of the thing is you go yeah. in and you lose to Max, you go in and you lose to Volkanovski.
1: That's like, that's true. I mean, I'm not saying that you know it it, 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 this was a good proving point that Arnold Allen would not have been ready for a title shot with Volkanovski. I'm just saying. You got to have fights to book, you know? You got to be able to book title fights. Then again, Volkanovski also really champing at the bit for a rematch with Makachev. So, you know, if he beats uh Yeah Rodriguez and doesn't have a title challenger lined up to face him afterward, he's going to be campaigning to go back up to lightweight. Yeah.
2: But, I mean, oh. if Max can come out... Max could fight his way to a, you know, talk himself into a fourth installment.
1: A, a fourth? Technology. He's lost all three. I mean, the the third one was the worst one too. That's the no, really I hard know. thing. I know. If there's nobody else, yeah. All right, all right. We're we're just spinning our wheels at this point. Before I stupidly just sign off and leave you all, go to the Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack you will get cool bonus content. We are going to jump right over there and record a little bonus show.
0: To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. The Bloody Elbow Podcast Network is moving. That's right, we're moving from SoundCloud and YouTube to Substack. It will still be available through your current iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher subscriptions, but the main home of the Bloody Elbow Podcast Network will now be on Substack. While most of our audio content will remain free, we'll be asking listeners to please get a paid subscription to support the shows, which are now ad-free. Please give us your email and we'll send you notices and summaries of every new episode. Become a paid subscriber and get bonus segments only available to those who've pledged their support. Sign up at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com today.